This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, we're counting down the days, boys. Training camp, you can you can smell it. You can smell the grass. You can smell the the crusty, sweaty suntan lotion. Football pads. Evening suntan job. lotion. Yeah. The sweat from everyone out there just living football. Who sweats more, the players or the media? Well, the media, probably. I mean, no, the players are in shape. Right? Yeah, but they're in shape. We're out of shape. We sweat. Just, oh, God. We sweat and we're not healthy and we're constantly trying to find shade. <laughs> did you buy sunglasses yet? I did not. I did buy two uh, two uh, SPF fifties at Target on Saturday, though. Spray or lotion? There you go. Spray. I'm much. I'm a far bigger fan of the spray than the lotion. Well, the lotion definitely does work more effectively, but in that environment, I know what you mean. That if you're just applying the spray like regularly, it it still does the trick. Most parts, like every third hole of golf, I reapply with my alabaster skin. But that's just that's oh, mostly okay. a me problem. But yeah, the spray works fine, but the lotion is more effective. But the lotion, I feel like the lotion, I take shortcuts. Like, I'm like, do I really have to? Because, I mean, you're like, ah, I'm back in my hands. A spray is just like, woo, that's it. Yeah. And then you're always like, with the lotion, you're kind of insecure that you missed, you, you yeah. missed like a glob somewhere. Yeah. yeah. People looking at me, is there like a glob on my forehead or something? Exactly. So, yes, I'm going to spray. Anyhow, um, training camp is less than two weeks away. Judd's going to be boots on the ground. Old Macadac may make his return to training camp after a few year hiatus. Highly nice. emotional if you come out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting choked up just uh, thinking about it. Uh, this show is presented by our friends at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. And you can learn more at TCL.com. Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. With the season coming up here, we thought it would be fun for Judd to put together. Is this like a Judd's key? Because it says in my uh, my Uh teleprompter here, Judd's five keys to success in 2023. And this is something you emailed a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's sort of like I just want to make sure the, the using keys. Yeah, it, it's triggering. Is, it's a very is triggering keys back yep. or is this no. a separate franchise? No, this is a separate franchise. But I mean, it does sort sort of have the same type of feel for, um, for you know, potential keys. Like, how are the Vikings? And I I don't think we're expecting them to win thirteen games again. But it you know it's conceivable they could definitely make the playoffs again. 
And yeah. it, it's conceivable that they could win a, a playoff game and not start a Twins-like streak. And so these are five, actually six, because I'm going to give you a bonus one. These are six keys to, like, taking that next step. Not okay. record-wise necessarily, but just as far as the product itself. Is the sixth key an official key, or is it a bonus key? We need to know. Like, is it, That's an official is key. Is it five it, and a bonus, no, or is it's, it's six? No, it's six, because it's, it's pretty important. Okay. Yep, yep. I would not say that the final one is just like a throwaway. It's definitely important to the continued development of Kevin O'Connell and this team. Okay. Well, let's, uh, I don't know, it's, this is like, they made a Bond movie one time with with Sean Connery that was not an official Bond movie. Yeah. They like, and they ran it right up against the other Bond movie and stuff. So this is Judd's Keys yep. to the Vikings having success in 2023, but it's like an offshoot franchise of Judd's Keys. Yeah, and where the... Uh... The difference lies to no creative headlines here. So, like, I've got oh, the keys, yeah. and I've got a headline, but it's more of a but statement. They're, bo- they're, they're boring statement. headlines. Yeah. So are, are those, statement. When, when Keys gives you those, like, is that like a Sid thing where you're trying to transcribe a bunch of things, or are those coming straight from your idea? Like, is those, are those coming from your brain, those, it, like, headlines? It depends how much Surly Keys had the night before oh. the show. Because there have been times where I can't read his writing, and he, and he gets all mad at me, and I'm like, Keys, dude, you got so drunk I couldn't read your writing. So uh, here are some non-creative headlines yep. for the Vikings' keys to success in 2023. All right. The first one I'm going to give, give you, and I am going to work my way up from 6 to 1. Now, some of these probably could be it, – it's not an exact like 1 through 6, and 1 is the most important thing for sure. But the bonus or the sixth one is Kevin O'Connell's play calling, okay? And now I know people are saying, what do you mean Kevin O'Connell had a great season – Calling plays, and yes, it was a marked improvement. I loved the work that KOC did, and we definitely saw some nice play calls. But I will remind you, and we had this conversation, I think, um, during the season and shortly thereafter as well. You know, the red zone play calling sort of tailed off, and so did the red zone production. And it felt like Kevin had really um, had really used his best ideas by about halfway through the season. And so the play calling, especially red zone, I think, needs to be more consistent and improved. Now, I do think that the addition, this might sound weird, of Josh Oliver at tight end, which is going to give you more ability to have different packages and personnel packages, is going to help. But just as a whole, Kevin O'Connell's play calling, I think, it's not that it was bad, but it can definitely take a step. And I do think this guy's a bright guy. That was his first year, like, really calling plays as a coach. He, he had called plays, I think, on occasion, but certainly not with McVay with the Rams. So the play calling, I think, definitely a key, an area that can only improve. You know, this is not like a scientific take that I'm about to give you, but it did kind of feel like the, fir- the first game, the first few games, like, oh, look at all these creative things. They're drawing up to free up a wide receiver, right? The motions and different things in the red zone. It felt more creative in the first month than it did – later on and i'm wondering you know is it like when uh, when like celebrities only wear the same outfit once right they uh i already wore those shoes and that dress and so right. now i need to throw it away or donate it to whatever a museum or something you know is is did kevin o'connell feel that way about some of the looks that they went with in the first month that oh well we already did that so we can't come back to it it and maybe I'm just wrong. I don't know. I just I'm just going off like anecdotal memory. It did feel more creative early in the season 
did they move away from stuff because they figured, oh, well, if we run that again, there's already a book out on it, or am I just wrong? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but something, something dragged, even like in the middle quarters, stuff was dragging throughout most of the season, right? So there's, there's room for more, for sure. I think the one that I was harping on last season, and I'm looking this back up on NFL GSIS, uh, second and short, third to short situations, they were not good especially running the football. They they refused to either do it or they had the least amount of first downs or near the least amount of first downs. They got a little too cute, I think, on second and third to short. And sometimes there's, there's a time to take a shot on second and one, right, when everyone expects you to run up for a first down. But I think there are things that he can definitely tweak to just be better at, at being a play caller in today's NFL, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we get into the top five. The fifth key is, and this is pretty much an immediate need, Get the Daniil Hunter situation resolved, okay? Brian Flores comes here uh, heralded, I think, almost now, fair or unfair, as a defensive miracle worker who's going to take a defense that was just absolutely atrocious and turn it around. And I do think that Brian Flores' system does lend itself to taking a defense that was near the bottom of the league in both uh, points and in uh, yards and getting it up into, you know, the high 20s, or the low, I should say, the low 20s. But all of that being said, Daniil Hunter is a guy who has four double-digit sack seasons, including last year, in seven years, and it would have been easily five if he hadn't got hurt during the 2021 season. Daniil Hunter is a, if he if he's healthy, and there at this point is no reason to believe he's not healthy, he is a sure thing as far as his ability to bother quarterbacks and as far as what offenses have to game plan for. Uh, I think it's imperative that Daniil Hunter, that they get this done, that they get get him signed hopefully to like a, th- a three-year contract. I wouldn't want to go five years. Uh, but that strikes me as if he's not there, you guys, or gets traded, there have been a lot of things that the Vikings have done since the season came to an end that fans are like, I don't, or and the national media as well, right? I don't understand this. Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. how could you get rid of a lot of that? I'm like, nah, it's fine. Daniil Hunter not here would be an issue. So get the Daniil Hunter situation resolved becomes a very important one. Pro Football Focus had him as the seventh highest graded edge rusher in the league last year behind Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby and a couple others. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty damn good company. Mm-hmm. In terms of total pressures, Daniil Hunter, eighth, just behind a similar group, right? And Zadarius Smith actually had uh, four more pressures. 76 pressures last season. In terms of uh, quarterback hurries, Daniil Hunter was fourth in quarterback hurries with 51 quarterback hurries. So, yep. yeah, you're not, you're not going to just like apples to apples replace that production, especially this late in the process. There are a couple interesting veteran pass rushers, I think still on the market out there, that if you did wind up, let's say you just couldn't reach a deal with him and and you felt like you have to trade him, there's a team offering a second round, a couple second round picks or you know whatever it is, um, you probably could go sign one of the veterans out there. Like, is, isn't Ingram still out there, for instance? And like Justin Houston? So there's a couple... Unless they've signed in the last like two or three weeks, I don't think so. Yep, I think you're right. So like you you could, but I'm with you. If there's any way to to get like three more years in a Vikings uniform out of him, yes, with Brian Flores at least for this season as the defensive coordinator, yes, 
just kind of want to see wh- what does he have left in the tank without a conservative uh, sort of in over his head defensive coordinator, you know, holding him back like last year. And that's the impressive thing too. You, you just ran through a bunch of categories in which Hunter was ranked highly in a year in which he was miscast. Right. So, like, let's say he's not miscast. Let's say he's used in in, in a correct way. He's higher. Like he did. I I think we assume that he didn't have a great year because he was being used in such a way that didn't make sense. But at the end of the day, with all the PFF stuff, Phil, that you just ran through, he actually arguably might have had one of the best seasons of his career given the obstacles and still what he did. So, yep. super impressive. Yep. Amen. All right. Number four. Number four. Find the compliment to Justin Jefferson. Now, hopefully, if all goes according to plan, the Vikings' first-round pick, Jordan Addison, will be that guy, and he will stretch the field, and that will give uh, Jefferson more of a chance to actually create matchups that help him or for the coaching staff to, to do that. But I really don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's Addison, K.J. Osborne. The reality is this. Justin Jefferson had one of the great years that we have seen a receiver have and he was primarily the main focus of everybody throughout the entire year. And when you are in a fourth and eight, late in a key game, and you can find a compliment that the defense at least says, we have to think of this guy too, right? Like mm-hmm. we can't double or triple team, or we can, but it might cost us. So like there's going to be a price to pay. And on that fourth and eight, you didn't have that. And so hopefully Addison's the guy. But the compliment to Jefferson is actually a scary thing to say because imagine if you have to be worried about multiple things. And now Jefferson is, you know, just a little bit more, a little bit more free. This becomes an imperative, incredibly important part of what O'Connell and Cousins can do if Justin Jefferson now has somebody else on his team that opposing defenses have to worry about. It's kind of kind of crazy just how quickly things move in the NFL. You know, one minute, just like the lifespan of players and rosters and everything, you know, one minute, not that long ago, you have one of the top two or three receiving tandems in the NFL and Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, both like 1,000-yard guys, both at different times could be classified as number one wide receiver threats. And that was... A few years ago, like three three years ago, right? Four years ago. Mm-hmm. And now both those guys are gone from your roster. Adam Thielen is kind of getting toward the end of his career. And if Jordan Addison plays the way he did in college as a nuanced artistic route runner and a guy that can get free in the intermediate and even sometimes deep range, even though he's not a burner, you might be looking at it again. Like if he can just step up right away and be, and we've seen a lot of receivers do this, you might have a totally new tandem that could be sitting up. I'm not going to put him up there with the Bengals tandem right now. There's some legit tandems out there, but you know, this, the, the one thing that concerns me a little bit is, and I know that like, you know, football isn't played on a spreadsheet. It's not played, you know, in shorts and a tank top at the combine, but Jordan Addison had really mediocre testing scores. You know, he wasn't a burner. Everything was sort of like on film and productivity, right? Yep. So does he have enough size, speed, everything to stay healthy, to get past 
physical corners of the line of scrimmage. So, but we haven't seen anything. You didn't even get to watch him in OTAs or minicamp. What does he look like against some of the cornerbacks the Vikings are like against Byron Murphy or whatever, right? Yep. So I'm real. He's he is the guy that I am the most curious to see at training camp because there are some questions about size and durability and things like that. So let's start answering those questions. Absolutely. Next key. Okay. Get the most from Kirk. Now this is obvious, but I'm going to take a different path here, just a, a bit. Okay. The stat that really stands out to me for Kirk from 2022 is actually a negative stat, but it has a positive spin in my opinion. He threw a career-high 14 picks, okay? Now, you might say, yeah, and I saw some of them on the quarterback documentary, stupid passes, what was Kirk doing? And yes, he's going to make mistakes, everybody does. But you know what? Those 14 picks indicate to me, because it was double the amount of picks that he had thrown in 2021. The 14 picks indicate to me a guy that was told and was willing to take chances. And that becomes incredibly important. Because have you noticed? I think, you know, people are smart. And you can look at Kirk's counting stats and be like, oh, man, you know, incredible. And and the Crusaders definitely do. But have you noticed when you get the most from Kirk, it's when he's taking chances? I, I feel like Kirk slips in these rankings when he checks it down. I feel like when Kirk gets conservative or sees ghosts and gets sort of scared, that's the Kirk who I don't want to see. I want to see the, you like that, I got a good arm, I'm going to take some chances, Kirk. And Urgency Kirk. Urgency Kirk. Ur- and I urgency feel like, Kirk. And I feel like Kevin O'Connell actually probably got more of that from Kirk than any other time I've seen him that's well put urgency kirk is the guy i want and he might screw up at times i would rather you know what i would have far rather seen kirk try to hit jefferson on fourth and eight and get picked off than i would check it down yes and and you kind of nailed this when we were doing our three-part review of uh, the quarterback docuseries on netflix that when it when when there's something to lose when you're when you're pitching a no-hitter He's looking to avoid getting up, a, uh, giving up a hit, right? So he's, but when the game is kind of off the rails a little bit, or you're losing, or it's off script, or whatever, if he doesn't kind of, you know, if the game isn't too over, which it's funny because like the Colts and the Bills game should show you, it's really never over. Correct. If you're down by 33 points, you know you can still win that game unless you're playing an actual good team. But um, if if he perceives that, hey. I got to go right now. It doesn't matter if I make a mistake. That's that's the zone that he plays the best in. It's urgency Kirk. Maybe that's our new thing for this season. We mm-hmm. want to see more of urgency Kirk. I'll never forget when Kevin O'Connell got hired and there was that clip circulating of, I think he was the quarterback's coach in Washington at the time. Yes. And he's sitting next to Kirk on the bench in his Washington uniform. And they were up like 14 nothing or something or whatever. And he was telling Kevin O'Connell on the bench, how it's hard sometimes to play with a touchdown lead or a two-touchdown lead because you don't want to, like, make a mistake that kind of throws the game off or, you know, gives the other team momentum. But you also want to keep piling on. And he was, like, overanalyzing and dissecting. You could tell Kevin O'Connell was like, dude, just play football. Yes. What do you, <laughs> which is exactly what you saw him say to Kirk a million times on the quarterback doc. He was like, dude, stop getting frustrated. Hey, just just get out there. Like, the red will be there. Just We're going to win the game. Right. And so if he has something to lose, he starts overthinking about the ways that he can prevent a bad thing from happening as opposed to, hey, guy, we're down by 17 in Buffalo right now. Or we're down by 33 points. 
let's just go play some football and see what happens in about an hour from now. Yes. You know, urgency Kirk. Conservative cousins, no. Urgency Kirk, yes. Vote urgency yes. Kirk. I like that. No Kirk. Bad Kirk. We have to get that. I'll get that soundbite for this week, too. Okay. So we have that. Yeah, he's that. Talk- no Kirk. That's bad Kirk when he's talking to himself. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Before we get to uh, the final two keys here, and then an interesting follow-up to the, to the Kirk Netflix thing on uh, Pro Football Talk that we'll get to, let's shout out our friends at EcoFun. All right? So right now at EcoFun, it's all about electric bikes. And you'll see on this sort of drone footage here on the YouTube channel, you'll also see some other fun things like those souped-up golf carts. But electric bikes specifically right now, you can save $700 on higher-end Yamaha electric bikes and up to $500 on Scootstar and Bentelli's. And if you get a Scootstar or a Bentelli at full price, you can save 50% off on a second one. So just insane deals right now at EcoFun on electric bikes. Go to EcoFunMotorsports.com to find out more information or to snoop around or stop in and see for yourself two locations around the metro area, 35 in Forest Lake up north, and then 35W south of the Twin Cities, uh, south edge in Burnsville. Tell them we sent you, EcoFunMotorsports.com. Uh, hey, the 3M Opens, because we got the we got the Open Championship, and then the next event after that is the 3M Open, Declan, here. A fun event in the Twin Cities. Yeah, some great commits so far. You got Gary Woodland. I'm rocking my Puma for Gary right now. You got Billy Horschel coming. Matsuyama's coming. Tony Finau is going to defend the title. Uh, you, can go, you can go get uh, your tickets at 3MOpen.com slash tickets July 24th through the 30th. Some of the best golfers in the world. Yeah, go watch 18. In fact, if I was a spectator, I would just park myself at 18 and watch them be like one of us dunking balls in the water because so many balls end up in the water there at hole 18. Go to 3MOpen.com slash tickets. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Back to Judd's keys for success for the Vikings in 2023. We dramatically have two left. Yes. Number two, offensive consistency. So I feel like the narrative on the on Kirk's NFL tying eight fourth quarter comebacks from 2022, I feel like the narrative is mistaken because the narrative is, well, they can't do that again. And you're exactly right. But let me approach this head-on by saying if you have offensive consistency, which the Vikings need far more of, you're not going to have to worry about it because you will be up in games more often. Case in point, the Vikings lost the first three quarters of games last season by a combined 87 points, but then outscored opponents by 84 points in the fourth quarter. That is why they're plus-minus scoring margin was a minus three, which is really phenomenally bad for a team that won 13 games. But this is the thing that can't happen again. And O'Connell clearly knows this. And this is the place where you have to clean things up. You cannot have a good opening drive followed by essentially three-quarters of nothingness and then be like, okay, now we come back. Fans are right. That's not a sustainable model if you count on doing that again this coming season, you're going to lose lots of games. But the reality is 
you have an offensive first team with Justin Jefferson, with Kirk Cousins, with TJ Hawkinson. There is no excuse to be outscored by 87 points. And it starts, and look, we'll, we'll get to the defense. The defense plays a role here, too. I'm not absolving them, not at all. But you're an offensive first team. What you need to do is have a semblance of consistency. Therefore, you don't have to worry about trying to come back eight times out of 17 games in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So here's by quarter. Here's where the Vikings offense ranked. Just points per quarter. All right. First quarter, scripted plays, right? You got the whole week to kind of scout the opponent, put together the 15 plays you like the best, and run them in some sort of order that makes sense and come out of the gate firing. Ninth. They were the ninth highest scoring team in the first quarter. So certainly not elite, but they they came out of the gate as a top 10 offense in the first quarter. Second quarter, 18th. So now things get a little off script. Okay, now you're now you're kind of adjusting on the fly here. You know, the game the game flow is taking shape and it becomes a little bit more maybe improvisational. 18th. Third quarter, 22nd. Ooh. And then fourth quarter by a lot by the way. The Vikings are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Mhm. So and this this kind of makes sense with what we're talking about even like from a Kirk standpoint and it's more than just Kirk it's about Kevin O'Connell going into his second year as a play caller there's offensive line things in here too whatever but like all right we're going to we're going to be super meticulous all week in our preparation cuz that's what we do I am Kirk Cousins I am going to have uh you know electric uh sticky things attached to my head in the parking lot as we do brain stimulation exercises I'm going to study my ass off unless it's a Tuesday give me 24 hours on a Tuesday but I'll be back on Wednesday, Thursday. We're gonna we're gonna be studious. We're gonna prepare. We're gonna be a top ten offense in the first quarter because everything's on script. And then things drift. Oh God, uh, you know, second quarter, third quarter. But then the fourth quarter comes along, and hey, we're down by ten. Oh, we're down by seven. It's time to block everything else out and just go play football right. at a fast pace, right? And he's brilliant. At least he's been the last couple years in those situations. How can you recreate? How can you sort of combine the first quarter preparation? going into the game with the urgency Kirk of the fourth quarter and get more of just a steady offensive outcome for three hours. That's totally agree with this being one of the most important things. Dex, you got something to say? I was going to say that it, it's just important for them not to get yeah so complacent on that fourth because like having the number one scoring offense fourth quarter at the way they are coming back in half the game is basically, that's not a sustainable model year in and year out. And right. it's not a sustainable model, I think, at, as of right now with Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. You know, if if this was at its peak of, you know, Sean McVay and Stafford or Sean McVay with Jared Goff in those early years or just a really good, obviously, head coach quarterback, again, different story. Uh, but they have to be better in those in those middle se- in those middle situations. I'd rather you just be a lot more balanced, right? Like, would you rather them just be between ninth and 12th, between quarters one, two, three, four? Is that kind of where you'd like to be? So I, I, I think that's kind of what they have to figure out is those middle two quarters, where can they be a lot better? Just to be clear, I think they should be, I know you're not going to be like consistently the same thing in every quarter, but I think they should be the overall offense in terms of points should be somewhere between like third and seventh for the season, mm-hmm. closer, closer to ideally in the, in the top five. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see two quarters where you're 20th or worse, basically. Right. So I'd like to see a, you know, maybe be another like top three offense in the fourth quarter. Right. But then I'd love to see a ninth an eighth and a twelfth or something for these other ones. That would be great. And this also is the step of O'Connell 
getting even more from Kirk, right? Like, like this is because I pin this on him too. This, this is KOC did a marvelous job in, in a lot of ways of get, getting Kirk at times to drop his guard and definitely play a style that he might not have been comfortable playing consistently before 2022. But that being said, to me, this is the one area where it's incumbent on both of them, including the coach, to be better. You know? Because mm-hmm. the second, you can't be an offensive minded guy and be pleased with the stats that you just gave us uh, as far as scoring goes, Phil, for the second and third quarters. You have to say, okay, I did a good job, but I we have to pick it up there. And again, I don't think teams look at eight fourth quarter comebacks like fans do and, and be like, yeah, we're great late game. I think they're spend the off season saying, how, how do we sort of fix that? So we're not consistently yeah. having to come back. Yeah. Why did we not score any points against the Colts in the first half? Right. You know, right. Why did we, why, why did against Washington, why were we down by 10 or whatever it was deep in that game needing, you know, a miracle down the field over here. And like, it, yeah, let's make, make your life a little easier. If you're, if you're the Vikings, let offense. me help so, you. Right. Yes, exactly. Number one help on my list. You. Yes. Number one on my list. No surprise, but absolutely paramount is defensive improvement under new coordinator, Brian Flores. So the last three years, just to be very clear that this was not a Zim left this defense in good shape and Donatel solely screwed it up. The last three years, this unit has been 28th, 24th, and 29th. Um, In 2022, the total defense second to last, 31st in the, the entire league. Brian Flores doesn't have to get this group into the top 10, and it might be damn near impossible. But if he can get them anywhere from 15 to 20, and just to be very, very clear about this, my expectation is scoring offense, top 10, if not top five, okay? But if you can combine those two things, so the defense is competent. And by competent, I mean just run well. Like, I'm not even saying that you're going to need breakout stars. I'm saying make it make sense. Make what my eyes are seeing make sense. Because last year didn't. Um, I think you have, again, probably not a 13-win team. But if you can have the defense take the step I just talked about and the offense clearly, because that's the most important thing, take that step. I think now we're talking about a team that's going to be extremely competitive for a division title and can actually win a playoff game this time around. Yeah, and it's it's unlikely they're going to be a shutdown yardage defense like the 2017, you know, the peak of the Mike Zimmer defenses. But can they get better giving up yards, get better with the scoring and maybe the turnovers ratchet up because yeah. you're just you're just being more aggressive you're you're hunting for chaos in the opposing team's uh, offensive backfield and maybe you're you know maybe you're converting some extra fumbles and interceptions and and turning games that way maybe you're creating some sudden change sudden change oh, i was going to say it sudden <laughs> change yeah, football sorry i had my volume off football. there we go yeah sudden change fans were cheering anyway let's go <laughs> so Wow, Love there it. it is. Those are Judd's uh, unofficial five, but call it six keys mm-hmm. to Viking success in 2023. KOC's play calling. Figure out the Daniil Hunter situation. You got to uh, find uh, the, the Robin to JJ's Batman. Get the most out of Kirk. Offensive consistency. Stop disappearing for an hour and a half every Sunday. And uh, defensive improvement across the board. Pretty good. Yeah, that's what I got for you. Pretty good. Pretty good set of keys. Pretty good. And I didn't mention I didn't mention cornerback because that 
falls in a little bit to the actual most important one. Like there's that's going to be a focus. And I, I feel like we've talked about it a ton. But you know, if you do get Daniel Hunter here, that's going to make the cornerback's life, I would think, a lot simpler because if the quarterback is facing pressure, the cornerbacks aren't going to be facing as many deep shots. Yeah. Yeah, a kicker, you could make a case for kicker always needing to be on a list of Vikings keys. Not according to Declan. Even if you don't think they have a problem, it should just be a topic of discussion. Even I, Kirk thinks that's the Kirk thinks they have a problem. A 40-yard field goal. It's too long. It's too much. Oh, you shouldn't read up on stats and know that Greg Joseph is money. Uh, between inside 50 yards and a field goal. Mackie Zolgad Unless Cousins. it's an extra point. Well, that, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> Excluding those. Excluding those. Hey, couple-time player of the week, he was fine. Come even on, Kirk. Kirk. Even Kirk's like, this guy's going to miss this. Can't. Kirk says, someone was texting me yesterday. Uh, I'll just say a, a, a former member of the National Football League who knows Kirk Cousins said, he's so like way more negative on the sidelines than I ever. Actually, he wasn't a teammate of Kirk Cousins, but commenting on how, like, he's, like, really negative on the sidelines. Yeah. He is. You see him sort of demonstratively, like, on the sidelines sometimes, but he's, like, such an Eeyore defeatist on the sidelines. He doesn't pivot off of it. Like, Mahomes comes to the sideline, and he's pissed off, and he'll slam his helmet, and then he'll pivot immediately to, like, the positive. Yes. Kirk doesn't let it go. I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm going to throw stuff, but now we're going to go murder the other team kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is actually there's some controversy coming out of the Netflix documentary that's uh, sort of like being thrown at the Vikings and Kirk here. We're going to get to in just a moment, but a shout out to our friends over at Summit Orthopedics. So Summit Orthopedics, you know, you name it. If it's a if it's an elbow, if it's a back, I'm still God. I'm still like a week later, man. My uh, uh I I was rocking out this weekend at the Killers uh, Yellow Card Mayday Parade. And I'm up to hit up Summit Orthopedics because the last two nights, Dex tweets had to go to a bed with an ice pack wrapped around his neck from doing this. Your head banging? Yes. I was in my feels, man. I exercised some demons. Did you give yourself a concussion? And Summit Orthopedics <laughs> needs to fix this neck that I basically have you tweaked guys are for the last old three days. Man. Man. I will say, I love Yellow Card. Oh. Yellow Card is one of my in- favorite guilty Incredible. pleasure bands. I'm spry. Uh, so I don't know if you're spry like Judd, maybe you don't need someone with the beaks. But if you're uh, if you're elderly or in pain like Declan or myself, you can go to summitortho.com to find out more information about their 25 locations in the Twin Cities. Summitortho.com. No referrals needed. Just just go to summitortho.com and you can do a same day appointment. Also, a shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So Federated's been around for over 100 years, helping business owners maximize their success through risk management tools and resources. Their corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making at Federated and through their work with your business. Uh, Find out more at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. Okay. So, of course, this is great. This is classic Florio here. Classic it Florio. Is, it's hilarious. You know, you're, and you kind of, you kind of asked the question, you know, did the, was Kirk on the injury report last year? He's like, his ribs were in severe pain yeah. for the entire season. He's like, I'm hurt. And Dex, you kind of remember, like, I think he was on the injury I report thought, a couple times. I thought, like, towards the end of the regular season, it, it showed it up as limited. I thought I remember seeing Kirk. It on probably, there. it probably did. The problem is, the as Phil's going to read. 
Mike Florio with his l- lawyer lawyer background. Here's the headline: Kirk Cousins had undisclosed rib injury prior to November win over the Bills. He's done this before, by the way, like he with hard when hard knocks or whatever. Yes. And um, and he points out that the biggest question regarding the Vikings uh, regarding quarterback health was not Josh Allen necessarily. Who had the elbow injury? Remember that he might he was like maybe not going to play because his elbow was yep. all sore, and then he wound up just being normal Josh Allen. Yep. And uh, says on the Wednesday before the Bills game, Cousins said while running pre-practice drills, everything hurts. I'm pretty beat up. He said to the camera, "The bruises on my ribs on both sides are not visible. They may come to the surface at some point when you have pain right here in your midsection. It's kind of hard to think about much else." Cousins then shown in the training room getting treatment for his injured midsection. I try to be in here as little as possible, but if you're in pain, you don't have a choice. He then reflected on the hit from pain the week before, you know, just about how awful it was. Um, so anyways, it's detailing all of this. Is that the Vikings did not put him on the injury report leading into the Buffalo game, which is against NFL protocol and rules. Could they be punished for this? Yes, they could. I highly doubt that they will. But teams have been. I want to say the Patriots got in trouble. I think that that's when the Patriots started to list like 27 guys just as an yeah. obnoxious bleep you back to the league. <laughs> but, yes, they can be fine for it. I highly doubt that they're going to, to be. But Florio's ultimate point eventually, and it's not a bad one, is enough people knew about this that if you're like, oh, Kirk is hurt and no one knows. Like the whole the injury report is there to attempt to level the gambling playing field. But what's the, like, I mean, first of all, these are car accidents every week, right? So yeah. everyone feels something. So Kirk feels something. But there was really never any question that he was going to play. He was going to play. And he, he even said in the documentary that, well, you feel one way on a Monday, and right. then by the time Sunday comes around. So where is that line where, I guess if he's if he's limited in practice, that would be well, yeah, then you something have to that you have them. to report. But, and, and I, by the time... You get to practices after training camp. We can't watch them, so I think I think limited in practice is a subjective statement. Yeah, but um, you know, I think if your quarterback is banged up, you don't w- want to list it. But I probably would just to be safe. Like it's the one position where if you don't, I think if this turned out to be Dalvin Cook, the league wouldn't care. And I'm not saying that they're going to care a bunch about this, but I am saying it could probably trigger a phone call. If it's your quarterback, because quarterbacks are the are the ones that move the lines the most yeah, in the NFL, right? If exactly. It's, oh, I get, I'm getting a 50 percent healthy Kirk Cousins, but it's or not something. That, like I'm not. I I thought it was funnier than it was upsetting at all. I mean, I don't care yeah. that much. Oh, Florio was very serious. He's getting so about mad about that stuff, and that the two things that set him off are fudging the injury report and contact and off season workouts. If he gets uh, any wind of con, he will. He'll be, team could lose draft picks. This team's going to be tampering too. Yeah, tampering's another big one, yes. right? He's got the big lawyer thing going for him. It's pretty funny. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully the Vikings don't lose. Uh, you know, five first round picks because Kirk Cousins didn't show up in the injury report before the the Buffalo game. Um, thanks for hanging out with us here on Purple Daily as we we make our way almost to the end of the off season. I think when training camp starts. Whew. Off season's over, and uh, we we've got all sorts of plans for the next couple of weeks. Judd's going to be at training camp on a regular basis, so we'll have all sorts of content coming at you. But we've basically made it. We've made it through the off season, 
and uh, we're pumped. I think that Netflix series got all of us for sure on this show even more pumped for the season because it's like, okay. Just genius. Yes. It, it helps bridge the gap. But yes. Yeah. If you guys can click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, you can help spread the word about this awesome community of Vikings fans you guys are helping us build here. We'll see you later, Purple Daily.